inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining today. All my work takes root in voice. Those are the words of our guest today. I'm really excited to, to talk with her. Today I'm going to talk with Barbara McAfee. As a voice coach, Barbara invites people to find their voices, whatever that means to them. Her book, Full Voice, The Art and Practice of Vocal Presence, presents what she has learned from decades of midwifing voices. Since 2013, she has been training over other full voice coaches. Barbara's singing keynotes explore the themes of leadership, meaning, voice, and community for people in a wide variety of professions training, healthcare, law, education, nonprofits, and industry. Her 12 years as an organizational development consultant helps keep things real and relevant. Valvara is also a singer, songwriter, with eight albums of mostly original music. The lyric-rich songs tap into jazz, gospel, and folk roots. She lives across the street from the Mississippi River in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hello, Barbara. Good day, Oscar. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> same for you. Uh, same for me. I really... Uh, Happy to hear your voice and start this conversation with you. Uh, it's a it's a great pleasure. And the first thing I would like to ask you is how everything started, how you became a voice coach. Well, I had a lot of my own issues with my voice. I grew up singing in choirs, but I had a lot of nervousness about singing or speaking in front of anyone. I was very self-conscious mm -hmm. and uh, began studying with a local teacher here in Minneapolis. And I mostly cried. <laughs> mostly Ooh. I would just start to express myself and I just, I just cry. And I thought, what's going on here? So one thing led to another. And I met some teachers from the South of France, uh, from the Roy Hart Center. And in my first workshop with them back in the late 80s, they invited me into a different experience of my voice that wasn't about speaking perfectly or singing perfectly. It was about sound. Mm -hmm. And that changed everything because I f suddenly felt much more alive and it didn't have to be perfect or beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I ended up studying quite uh, extensively with members of the Roy Hart Center here in the Twin Cities, where I live in Canada and in France. And uh, I started bringing some of what I was learning from them into my organizational development work, because some of my clients were leaders who had problems with their voices. You have probably met some of them, uh, you and your listeners. The really brilliant woman who talks like this, That she was my first client. Oh. Um, I know. So my colleague actually in organizational consulting 
came to me desperately and said, could you work with her? She's brilliant in every way, but nobody can stand to listen to her for more than three minutes. Mm. So I, I ended up starting to bring my own voice work into the work I was doing and with uh, different leaders in my consulting work. And eventually I left the consulting work behind Mm. because I realized there's a lot more voices that need help than uh, I have time for. So that was about 15 years ago that it was, it became all voice all the time. Okay. 15 years ago already, you became full, um, full-time voice coach. Yes. Yeah. Wh- one of the things I remember, I watched uh, a couple of your TEDx talks and yeah, you mentioned um, you went to France yes. and you made this, um, this famous um, voice academy. Uh, how did you end up going there to France? The teachers who first uh, I went, you know, who first did that workshop with me, where I opened up my voice to sound, they are actually from there. Uh-huh. Um, they live there. They're one is an American and one is a British guy, but they've been living in the south of France for decades now. And so when I I found them, I learned about the center. And then got a grant and went there in 1991 for an intensive, 10-day intensive. So that's how they found me here in my little town. Oh, really? <laughs> Lucky me. And now my teacher, the first one that I really connected with, he and I teach together. He comes to Minneapolis and Atlanta every winter, and we teach together as colleagues, which is Stunning. Oh, that's that sounds really fabulous. Yeah, it's a great gift. And now that you are uh, constantly working with people, I can see um, uh, from your website and uh, when you when you talk, your, the message you talk on on your on your TED, TEDx talks, for instance, I have watched a couple of them. You mentioned the full voice. Now, the full voice is a, a keyword in <laughs> I think in your in your professional life. Um, how we can, uh, how, how any any of us can unleash this this power of a full voice? Well, I think one of the biggest things is to start paying attention to it. Most of us don't notice our voices very much until we have a sore throat or <laughs> don't feel well, and then we realize how much we count on it for mm. every aspect of our lives, our our work, our leadership public speaking, uh, all of it. And so to me, the biggest thing is to start to just pay it, paying attention to how we change our voices in different situations. When do we feel like we lose our voice? When do we feel like it comes out shining and full of life? Um, and the other option is to discover more ways to use it. And I have a lot of resources available for people to discover different elements in their voice. Uh, I use earth, fire, water, metal, and air to describe five distinct colors in the voice and then describe how they can, how people can use each of those in particular situations. For instance, using the earth voice, which I'm using right now, to project authority. Do you feel that? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's different than friendly Barbara. It's like, I mean business. 
Um, so I, I try to help people open up more range and flexibility and then also more choice in how they say what they say, because that, that can make all the difference whether people will hear you or not. Mm -hmm. So, so you think that people don't, don't often pay attention to their, or their voices? Not at all. Not at all. And, no, I, after years of doing this, I tell people I'm a voice coach and they say, oh, do you teach singing? Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, I think people use their voices a lot more uh, than just for singing. Um, so it's a, it, and then they get, people get very confused about what it is that I do, that somehow voice and singing are the only options. So, and then I start to talk about it and the light bulb goes off over their head. And then they start telling me about their own story about how self-conscious they are when they speak, or they don't like the sound of their voice on recordings, or that they have difficulty in expressing themselves when people are looking at them critically. Um, So it's a much more compl complex and interesting story than most of us give credit to it. Yeah, yes, many people um, well don't pay attention to their voices, and also many say, "I don't like my voice." No, that's so typical. It's so typical. It's very rare that I meet someone when I ask them what they like about their voice that they have much to say. They usually tell me what they hate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, uh, can I? reiterate that question what do you enjoy we'll get to that in a minute but there's a lot of self-consciousness about it because i think our voices and our identities are very tangled up who you know who we think we are is expressed in our voice so if we i i work with a lot of people who are engineers or tech people who are introverts you know very quiet uh internally focused people Uh, typically, and for them, expressing themselves through their voice will always be a kind of second language. Mm -hmm. It's not the first, uh, not the most comfortable thing, but a lot of times they have something they really want to say or they want to accomplish in the world, so they'll learn how to open more expression in their voice in a way that feels authentic to them, and that's That's a big project for, for introverts or for people who live more inside. But I've seen, them, I've seen it happen where people can find a way to open more expression in their voice every day because they mostly because they have something they care about. Sure, sure. And so what are the biggest problems you see in, in people's voices? Well, We talk, we talk about the um, people say don't like the voices, but in practice, what do what you find? What's more common? Well, sometimes there's a physical problem, but most of the time it, uh, people get stuck in one or two ways of expressing. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes I've worked with young women who, get, who are brilliant and they get promoted into leadership, but they talk like it like this. And everything's a question, <laughs> and 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 they don't understand why people mm. don't pay attention to them, and it's not fair, right? They can they can be brilliant, 
but that is just the way it is. Um, it's helpful to have people be able to be flexible so they can change their voice in circumstances that demand a different kind of sound. So if they're in public speaking and they're using what I call a water voice, which is very soothing and relaxing, they're going to have a room full of people who are sound asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. So I think for a lot of us, we have one or two voices that we feel comfortable in, one or two sounds, and they work really well for certain circumstances mm -hmm. until they don't. So I think the biggest thing is people just get stuck in a habit and that habit works for just a part of their life. Um, I, I had a one client I write about in my book who worked as a carpenter mm -hmm. outside building houses. So he had a big voice like this, you know, he just, everything was like this. He just had one voice and it was loud. And then he got promoted and started working with customers who were having difficulties or in supervising people. And, and he was so intimidating. It was so, <laughs> it was too much. He's like, Oh, you have a problem with our service. Okay. Wow. So he, he, that voice worked great when he, he needed to be outside and to project his voice a long distance, but it wasn't, quite appropriate for if he had to have a difficult conversation with one of his employees or was trying to soothe an upset client. So that's the biggest thing I see is people just get just stuck in one voice and don't realize they have a lot of a lot more choices about how they can say what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is the last example you just said that uh, makes me remind of the open plan offices that are so common today. Imagine... Oh, Just one person like that. <laughs> yes, yes. And then there's that person who has the laugh. <laughs> you know, there's always somebody in those open offices that has a laugh that makes uh. everybody want to get earphones. Those <laughs> <laughs> uh, are real problems today, yes. Um, yes. You also mentioned, mentioned this, this app speak, no? So that you are telling... Every single sentence uh, sounds like a question. This is... Uh, <laughs> Why it is, is it so common? Do you know what, why, what's the reason why this uh, speaking like a question is, is so, it's so common? Yes, it's a mystery to me. I think some of it has to do with social media or media in general, that there are a lot of stars who have strange ways of talking, like that, like the uptalk. And uh, I think every generation has their strange habits mm -hmm. um i'm a boomer i'm at the tail end of the boomers and they had all the like you know's and groovies and cool and you know we all have our every, i think every generation has their culture but i think because media is so much more powerful than it was um in the past mm -hmm. that pe uh, young people start imitating their the kardashians or these people who who talk like this. Uh, um, mm. So there's a lot of habits that people just emulate popular culture. Yeah, by imitation, yeah. yes. Unconscious mm -hmm. imitation. Exactly. And some of it is that they're not sure. When you're young, you're not sure. So there is that kind of questioning that you're happening when yes. you're young. 
Uh, but there's a time to get done with that. Mm, yeah. Right. There's a time to, um, I, and I think some of these habits that, that people have actually aren't just a problem for the people who are listening, but I think sometimes I've noticed how people are in their voices reflects, uh, some way they are in their lives. So if you're constantly sounding uncertain, I think it makes you feel more uncertain. And if mm -hmm. you're constant, you know, and if you're constantly, if you're just living down here in a dull <laughs> monotone, it ends up making you feel more dull. You do you know what I mean? It's like yes. the, and likewise that the upside of that is as, as I've watched people change their voices and open up to more of sounds, it, they open up to different qualities of being human. You can't be more fiery in your voice without being more passionate, um, mm -hmm. feeling more passionate. So, Could you tell us now a bit of your experiences in, in TEDx talk? Uh, how many of these TED uh, talks you have? Well, I've done two TEDx talks. The first one, dealt with the topic of my book, Full Voice. And uh, it's basically an 18-minute version of my book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. just, I demonstrate the five elements framework, which is the heart of the, my approach to voice, and tell my own vocal story and give people an opportunity to, to sample five different sounds in their voices. And that was at a college just south of where I live. And then I did a second one a few years ago in Bend, Oregon, which is one of the bigger TEDx's. Um, and that one was about the power of oral tradition community singing to help us live and work better together. And in that one, I, I did an experiment that was a little bit crazy <laughs> where I, 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 after I talked about what happens when people sing together in this way, Um, I invited the group, I think there were probably 900 people in that room, to sing something. I got them started on a simple little song, and then I let them decide when it was over without my direction. Mm -hmm. And I felt 900 strangers <laughs> decide when a song was over. I felt that, like, I felt the collective uh, decision. Which was amazing. I was going to write a second ending, you know, an, you know, an ending if if they didn't accomplish it, but <laughs> I could never do that because I think I had to be confident. So that one, uh, that was more recent. That was just a couple of years ago. That, yeah, that was amazing. I, I watched that. <laughs> it was quite quite a, quite astonishing. I feel yes. like I need to put something on the description to tell people how many people were in that room because it's you know you can't tell, mm -hmm. um, but it was a really big room. And uh, was really touched. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. In in your first TEDx talk, uh, yeah, as, as you mentioned, is um, summary of your book. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned all these. How many are the voice types that you uh, you describe? How many? I do. I I'm created this framework called the Five Elements. Five framework. elements. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so I use earth, which is uh, that deep sound, fire, which is more passionate and great for public speaking. Water is really good for expressing what your heart has to say, like I'm sorry, or I have hard news. Metal is right uh, behind the nose. It's good for mostly for getting louder for amplification. Mm -hmm. 
And air is more airy, which is actually good for uh, storytelling Mm -hmm. and for expressing a new possibility. I have an idea. You know, people, and and I'm always interested if these, how these five cross culture, because I have worked a bit internationally, but um, I'm going to be doing this work with a group of people from Chengdu, China, mm-hmm. um, that are coming to the United States, and I'm very curious to discover always how it how these elements do or don't uh, translate across culture and language. So, I'm if if your listeners have ideas about that, I'd I'd love to hear about that. Oh yes, please. Uh, you, if you are listening to this. Uh... Um, comment on the show notes of this episode or just tweet uh, on social media just send some comment <laughs> when this episode is out yeah that'd be great so as many of us are into public speaking so the fire voice is the is the main voice that has to be used to show the passion as you say it's one of one of the reasons is to to show the passion with a fire voice And it's also easier to hear. You know, mm-hmm. you can be seen and heard. It, it reaches even, you know, a lot of us get lazy when we use microphones because they mm-hmm. just amplify everything. Yes. So we end up kind of speaking from a dead face and a dead body. You know, <laughs> we just kind of stand there and blah, blah, blah. And the fire voice, it's, it's much more physical. Mm-hmm. And, um, I did, uh, I did martial arts very briefly a number of years ago and, and loved my favorite part was the yelling. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but that's that, um, that's that energized, uh, all your energy focused in one place. And I think that's much more compelling when you're watching a speaker who is in their body and who's engaged. Mm You know, you don't want to shout like my carpenter friend. You know, I've, <laughs> I've been around those speakers too, where you just think, Oh my gosh, you have something else. You know, can you mix it up a little bit? <laughs> But as a really basic beginning, I think the fire voice is the easiest to hear and pay attention to out of the five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And as you, uh, also work with singing and you have a you're still at recording uh, music so singing and publishing music Uh, what about uh, singing is a is a good hobby or practice or exercise for everybody what do you think oh yes (laughs) because especially in this work that i do with voice i work with sound much like my teachers at the roy hart center I take people past the speaking voice, past the singing voice out into sound first to just open all the possibilities in the voice. But then the question is always, always, how do I bring back what I've discovered out here in this realm of sound? How do I bring that back into my everyday speak, mm-hmm. speaking? And what's right in between speaking and sound is singing. So, Basically, singing is just exaggerated and structured speech. Mm. That's all. So people have a lot of uh, 
neurosis about singing, you know, that somehow <laughs> it's this strange and unusual thing. Mm -hmm. But physiologically, you use the exact same parts of your body and the same process to sing as you do to speak. So it's not so strange. Um, but I generally invite my clients to to incorporate very simple songs into their work with me so that they can get used to feeling more energy moving through their voice and to uh, express in a more vivid and alive way. So I, I'm a big proponent of it. And you don't need to be that good even to get a lot of benefit out of singing. And now, of course, all the all the science is telling us that it's good for us to sing physically, emotionally, neurologically. Uh, yes. So I've known that for a long time, but now science is catching up. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Okay, so everybody, let's sing. Yes, in your <laughs> car, in the shower, it doesn't matter if you're good. Just your voice loves it when you do. <laughs> <laughs> And Barbara, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? Yes, it's when I started. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to give you two. Okay. Yeah. So the first one is the one that I uh, started my book with. And that is, to free the voice is to free the person. And that's by uh, renowned voice coach, Kristen Linklater, who created her own methodology to the, for the voice. But To free the voice is to free the person. That is absolutely true in my case. Uh, I have grown so much through my voice, through opening my voice. Different things have happened in my life than I could have not, I just couldn't have imagined. And then the other one is by Alfred Wolfson, who is um, sort of one of the ancestors of the Roy Hart approach mm -hmm. to voice. And his quote is The voice is the muscle of the soul. The voice is the muscle of the soul. And I find that to be true also. There's, there's a very practical aspect of the work I do in voice, of just being able to say what you mean in a way that people can hear you. And then there's also available, if people want it, a kind of transformational opportunity to become more human, to be more fully expressed in your whole life. So I think the I think those quotes exemplify both of those things. Yeah, absolutely. They are great quotes. I, I think I haven't heard them before. Uh, could you now uh, recommend us one, one book that has been particularly inspiring or influential for you? Well, I'm going to talk about my own because that, there's no book that was like that. I did never expect to write a book. <laughs> And uh, some one of my... Uh, one of the authors from my publishing company saw me speaking and suggested that I could write a book for this company. And that's what happened. Um, and beyond that, um, there's a wonderful book by a British author whose name I cannot remember right now. Um, Karp, I believe, K-A-R-P-F is her name, and it's called The Human Voice. Mm -hmm. And it's so, it's a rich exploration of the science and sociology and physiology about the human voice that um, just astonished me to read about 
the, you know, again, it made it, it ver- made things visible that were, had been very invisible about the voice. So those that mine and hers, I think are great. It's a great combination because hers is more, almost more journalistic and mm-hmm. mine is more of a guidebook to how, the how to. Yeah, exactly. More practical. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah thanks for these uh, recommendations. Yeah, and finally, I would like to ask you something a bit more practical. One exercise that we can do regularly, a routine to shine. Mm, mm. Well, I think um, I I do offer the, the five elements framework in my TED Talk as mm-hmm. uh, giving people an opportunity to sample the earth, fire, water, metal, and air sounds. And I think of it often as a kind of yoga for your voice. You just use the full range of uh, motion only with your voice. Um, so there's that. There's videos available for each of the five um, on my website. So that that is often something I suggest to people is just work out your voice like you work out your body. Short of that, if people want a, a bigger shortcut, I would say make a, li- a playlist of songs you can't resist singing to (laughs) (laughs) and put it in your life and just sing in the shower, sing in your car, exercise your voice um, outside of the realm of speaking. Mm -hmm. And, and then just bring more of that life back into how you talk, bring a sense of singing into how you speak. So you're not just saying the words on a minimum amount of breath and just mm-hmm. getting the words out like this. But if you bring a little sense of singing mm-hmm. into how you speak, it gets 100% more interesting very quickly. Yes, I like that. <laughs> so there's the long tip and the short tip. Both are great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thanks a lot, Barbara. It was uh, fascinating talking with you. Uh, thanks a lot for this all great piece of advice. Please tell us how we can find you on the net. What are the best ways? Well, it's uh, the easiest way is through my website, uh, www.barbaramcafee.com. And McAfee is M-C-A-F-E-E. So that's a, that's probably the easiest way. There's lots of uh, music videos on there. There's some mm-hmm. the five elements videos, TED Talks, everything is on there. So that's probably the easiest way to reach me. Excellent. Again, thanks a lot, Barbara, and all the best. Thank you so much, Oscar. This is really a joy. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com Until next time...